Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 85, Four Steps to Make Every Voicemail Feedback Better. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Check out the website over at theaudacitytopodcast.com, and I'd love some ratings and reviews in iTunes. And if you're not already subscribed in iTunes, it would be great for you to do so. You can go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash iTunes to subscribe. And let me give you one more link, and that is the show notes for this episode are at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 85, so that you can check out any links that I mention. And I'll remind you of that link as we go along. Well, podcasters love receiving voicemail. I I think this is probably true for you too. We love receiving voicemail feedback of any kind, especially that kind that's really encouraging where people say, thank you so much for what you do, or I really enjoy this, or you made me laugh, or you changed my life or anything like that. Podcast feedback is fantastic. Voicemail feedback is especially great because you get to hear the person's voice. Just like the reason you listen to my podcast instead of reading a blog is because you appreciate in some way my voice and you feel like you have more of a connection because of my voice. You get that same kind of connection with your listeners when you get voicemail feedback from them. So I hope I really hope that you have a way for your listeners to send you voicemail feedback through your website. There are two ways, if you don't, there are two ways that I would recommend that you could do this. You could set up Google Voice, which is really easy and free to do. You can get a phone number on there. It emails you a rough, very rough transcript of the message. You can download it. That's awesome there, and it's completely free. It doesn't expire either. And then the other thing you could do is look at SpeakPipe, which is what I use on the website, where you can click on that Send a Voice Message tab, and it sends a message recorded right from your computer and sends it through the website to me. You can check out more about that when I wrote a review about them over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash SpeakPipe. So I hope that you have some way on your website that listeners can send you feedback. But there are several things that I do to every single voicemail feedback I receive. Very, very, very rarely do I actually play a voicemail exactly as it came in. Now, key thing, I do not change the meanings of voicemails, but I do edit them and I go through a basic four-step process. So that's what I'm going to share with you, four steps that you can use to make every podcast voicemail feedback even better. I wanted to make it five or three because there's this psychological thing that we like odd numbers, but I'm sorry, there are only four. I could not expand it to five. There are only four things I do. So sorry, that's not an odd number, but maybe that will make this one stick out. Four steps to make every podcast voicemail feedback sound even better. Number one, this should be obvious. Oh, by the way, before I get into this, I know I just teased you. Everything that I'm going to say applies to any kind of audio software that you're using. 
I will be, since this is a fifth, my, I'm in this five episode pattern, I will be focusing on Audacity when I mention specific tools and certain levels or things. I'll be talking about Audacity, but these same principles apply no matter what program you're using to record or edit your podcast. So same things apply. I'm just focusing on Audacity. So number one step to make your every podcast voicemail feedback better is, this should be obvious, listen to it. Especially listen for valuable content. There are podcasts that I've listened to, and actually a couple that I still listen to, where they play a voicemail without actually having listened to the voicemail. They just say, oh, we got a voicemail here. I don't know who this is from or what this is about, but we're going to play this voicemail and see what they have to say. And you know the voicemail. Just hearing that in your brain, you're probably thinking, oh, it's probably going to be a pointless voicemail. And it usually is. Not all the time, but it, it seems so often when the people don't listen to the voicemail ahead of time, it ends up being something that they shouldn't have included or wasn't necessary. So never play a voicemail you haven't already heard because it's it's really important for you to know what the person wants to say to you and wants to say in your podcast because this might make it great for leading into it. It might make it great for uh, just being more prepared with the voicemail. Know what it is, know who it is, know what they want to say. So listen to it and also Think of a few basic questions here. Consider, is it relevant to your content? I get uh, voicemails through all of my podcasts uh, and different, because I host different podcasts, I get the variety of different voicemails, but I occasionally receive a voicemail to a specific podcast that is not at all relevant to the content that I'm sharing in that podcast. Like, I've actually received some voicemails here to the Audacity podcast, and this is not a criticism on the people who send it, but it's just, I don't play it because it doesn't fit, but I've received some voicemail on stuff like, like, uh, what's the specific one, as how do you record a a screencast or, or certain YouTube, actually, that's the more specific thing, is someone had sent an email a voicemail about YouTube. Like, how do you get, uh, do certain things on YouTube? And certainly that applies to podcasting, but it wasn't very specific to the content I wanted to share. Certainly I haven't uh, planned that. That's actually, I will be talking about YouTube. So that wasn't a good example. But uh, also consider, is what they're asking an answer that you're going to have to do some work to find? You might have to research this. So if you just play a voicemail and they're asking you some question like, how do I do this? And then you come up after you've played the voicemail and you say, well, I don't really know, but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find some answers. Bad answer. So make sure that you're ready by knowing if you have to have an answer prepared of some sort. And Sometimes you'll get, especially if you've got an old podcast with a lot of episodes in the back catalog, sometimes you'll get feedback that's not relevant anymore because it's on feedback. uh, It's feedback on your episode from two years ago. So they might be saying, hey, I just listened to your episode where you told this story and I wanted to add to that. And you might be scratching your head thinking, when did I tell that story? That was 
a year ago, two years ago. So it doesn't really fit so well to include it because the people listening to your voicemail that you play also won't know what the person is talking about when they just say, I listened to this story and it might be too old. So you might have to remind them if you want to use that voicemail. But above all, with your voicemails, for your listeners, consider what kind of value does the voicemail provide for your listeners? I receive a lot of voicemails where people simply say, thank you, Daniel, for doing the Audacity to Podcast, or thank you for this, or thank you for that. And really nice voicemails. I do really appreciate them. Thank you so much. I like to know. And also, I'm trying to start responding to these things, letting you know how much I appreciate that you uh, thanked me for these things. But if I were to play them on the podcast, it doesn't provide much value to you because the voicemail is all about me. And I feel like anytime I play a podcast, a voicemail that is just about me, like just saying, thank you for this, or you did a great job with this or anything like that. I really feel like it's ego, what would it, egocentric, egotistical, ego, something proud, prideful. I don't want to play that kind of stuff. Even even just when someone calls in a voicemail and they say, thank you so much, you're great at this or that or whatever, I sometimes f- feel tempted to just cut that out because, yeah, it's really nice. I do really appreciate hearing that, but it doesn't matter as much to my listeners. No, not as much. I mean, listeners probably like to appreciate and hear that other people appreciate the same stuff too, but it's not something I want to include a whole lot. So consider what kind of value the feedback has for your listeners. So number one, listen to the voicemail. Listen for valuable content. Number two, process it so it sounds better. Because of the many different ways and technologies available now, we may be recording our voicemails or getting voicemails from our listeners through a variety of methods. It could be as simple as a phone call like Google Voice or or many of these other phone call, conference call systems. So it's just something they picked up their phone, dialed a number, left a message through a smartphone, a cell phone, a landline phone, whatever, bat phone. They could have also recorded a voicemail on their smartphone app because it's really easy for them to pick up their phone and hit the voice memo record or something like that and record something. You get a nicer quality that way because it's not transmitting, it's not compressing it to fit through a phone call. But they might just pick up their smartphone and record something with an app or they might be sending a message through their computer with a service like SpeakPipe, which I use on my site. You can check out more over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash speakpipe. It's currently free still. Really cool service. I like it. Uh, Or something similar where they record a voicemail straight through your website. And there you're probably going to get a lot of built-in microphone kind of things where they just realize, hey, I can record this right from my computer right now. So they press record and it's using most likely their internal microphone, unless they're a podcaster. But a podcaster probably wouldn't use that option as much unless they want the simplicity of it. And then the fourth thing is, if it's another podcaster, then they might have recorded their voicemail on cheap or professional podcasting gear. So four different ways, and there could probably be a couple other ways, that you might be receiving voicemail from your listeners. Because of these many different ways, you're going to get quality that is 
extremely different every time. The tone of the voicemails will be different every time. So try to make the quality the best that you can, but keep this in mind. It doesn't have to be the same level of quality as your own audio. It's okay if the quality isn't the same. In fact, some people probably expect that. And in some ways, it makes it sound more obvious that it's a voicemail for you is that the quality is different. Now, it's great to have high quality audio feedback. That's what I like about a service like SpeakPipe, or that's why I love it when someone records something and emails the recording to me instead of just calling with the phone. But the phone is still super convenient for people, so I love that too. So I, I would be wrong to try and spend so much time making their voicemail sound exactly the same quality that I get from expensive studio equipment. Don't try to put yourself through that. You're not going to get studio sound from a phone call. But there are some things that you can do to really enhance how it sounds. There are basically five different things that you could do. Now, I only do two of these consistently. But the first thing you could do is run noise removal on this. I recorded an episode of the Audacity Podcast a while back, so you can check out that past episode over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 12, where I talked about how to remove noise in Audacity. But be careful when you're doing this because trying to remove noise from it or trying to remove too much noise from your recording could make it sound even worse than it is. When I receive voicemail from people, I very, very rarely try to remove the noise, only if the noise is overly distracting or if it's doing weird things with the compressor. Then I might try to remove it but sometimes I just let it go if it's not overly distracting. Again, this is a voicemail. Voicemails are short, maybe just a couple minutes or fewer, shorter length. So it's okay if there's some noise in the background. The second thing you could consider, adjust the volume. Well, this you should do this. Adjust the volume. Now, how you do this might change depending on your input, but your voicemail that you receive might be, it's usually too quiet, but it also might be too loud because some of these services like SpeakPipe that allow someone to record straight from your computer. I've gotten these recordings where I bring it into Audacity and I see it's red all over the screen, which indicates that they have clipped and gone outside of the recordable range of the microphone. So it's completely red across the screen. It is way too loud. Uh, Sometimes that even distorts the sound. Sometimes it doesn't depending on how often they go out and how much they go out. But then it's good for me to lower the volume. And hey, by the way, check out Ray Ortega's podcast over at thepodcastersstudio.com. That's with two S's in the middle. He's been doing a couple episodes with a sound engineer. And one of the best tips that the sound engineer has given, these are in episodes 58 and 59 of the Podcaster Studio. The best tip I think this gentleman gave, Joe Gilder, is edit to how it sounds, not how it looks. So you might set your audio, your own audio to be, we'll say minus one decibels, and you set your voicemail to minus one decibels. Then you listen to it, and yeah, you sound great, and then your listener voicemail is booming out and blasting people's headphones. Well, 
you set it to the same level, but it doesn't sound the same level. So edit it so it sounds about the same level. The other third thing that you could do is compress it. And this isn't talking about MP3. This is audio compression. I've talked about this in several past episodes too. So if you go to the audacitypodcast.com slash 85, I have a link to just every podcast episode where I've mentioned audio compression because I've talked about it several times, different techniques, review different services. But this is basically evening out the loud spots and the quiet spots of your voicemail so that it's a fairly consistent voicemail. Because it's very common that when someone is speaking, they vary in tone in their uh, or volume in their voice. And especially if they're holding a microphone or holding a phone to their face, then they could be looking away. If they're driving while calling in voicemail, they might turn their head and their voice drops. So edit this so it sounds fairly consistent. The main thing that is so important is you have to listen and make sure your listeners can hear the voicemail too compared to the rest of your voice. You don't want your listeners turning up and turning down the volume during your podcast. So run some basic audio compression. I still highly recommend Chris's Dynamic Audio Compressor. And I've come back to that after trying Levelator for a little while. However, for short things like voicemail, Levelator can work great. You just drop a WAV or AIFF file onto Levelator, processes it, it's ready to go in your podcast. And it can do several of these things for you. So compressing it can make it sound better and fit in better with the rest of the audio in your podcast. Then also normalizing it. Now, normalizing it is very similar to adjusting the volume, but normalizing is where it raises the volume or lowers the volume so that the highest point is no louder than whatever level you set. This is something I always do. Well, I do two things on my own voicemails that I receive. I compress them with Chris's Dynamic Compressor, and I normalize them. Because after I compress them, they might end up being a little bit too loud. So then I run a quick normalization on them to drop them back down to a specific level so that then when I run some other processes in my chain later on after I recorded, then everything else is still fine too. And it doesn't throw off my calculations when I say raise everything to minus one, then it's the voicemail isn't misbalancing things. So a normalization process could also help you a lot, especially for phone calls, because phone calls tend to be compressed pretty well. The volume level doesn't vary as much with the phone call because phones have some kind of built-in compression. But then it might be too quiet. So instead of playing with the amplification and trying to get it to level, you could just run a quick normalization and make sure that never hits above a certain audio level. Then last thing you could consider doing to process the sound to sound better is some basic equalization or EQ. And this really depends on the quality of your recording. You could give it a slight bass boost or adjust certain things so that maybe a hiss in the background is easier to listen to. Or think about someone who is listening to the podcast while they're mowing the yard. Actually, I'll tell you, just this morning, I very rarely mow the yard before I do a podcast, but I really needed to mow our yard because the mower was broken for a while and I was gone. So the grass was tall. So I had to mow this morning. I was listening to a podcast and the headphones I normally use are kind of dying. So I used some other earphones and they weren't tuned very well. 
And while I was mowing, I had to turn up the volume. Turning up the volume with these earphones was painful because the highs, the treble area, the, the higher pitches of the equalization was... And that wasn't correct grammar. The higher pitch was too high, too strong. And so it was kind of piercing into my ears. Think about that for your listeners. What if your listeners listen to your podcast and then get to the voicemail part while they're mowing the yard or while they're in the car or something like this where they have to turn the volume up? Is the way your voicemail sounds going to cause ear pain for them? So you could consider some basic equalization, but really depends on the quality you receive. Something to keep in mind. I know there are many podcasters out there that love applying a multi-band compressor. And I think many podcasters also who apply it too much and it gives headaches. Be very conscientious, I can't say that right now, of applying the same effect twice, where you might apply it to your voicemail and then your voicemail gets recorded into your podcast and then you apply the same effect to your entire recording, thus applying it twice to the voicemail and making the voicemail terrible in quality or maybe blast it out way too much. So if you just consider a bass boost, if you bass boost your voicemail and your voicemail is recorded into your podcast, then you bass boost everything else, then the bass has been doubled in that voicemail compared to the rest of your podcast. It will not sound good. So keep that in mind. So you could do some noise removal, adjust the volume, compress it, normalize it, or some basic equalization. Of these, the only thing I consistently do, only two things, is are I always compress the audio I receive in voicemails, regardless of where I get it. And I, pr- I apply usually the same settings that I apply to myself using Chris's dynamic compressor, but it also does depend on the quality of the recording, how much noise is in the background. And then I also normalize it after I compress it because sometimes the compression makes it get a little too loud. So then I renormalize it just to drop it down to an absolute level that I know won't mess with the rest of my recordings. So number one step, listen for valuable content. Number two, process to sound better. Number three, edit for clarity, relevance, and brevity. The honest truth is that many podcasters might be nervous, uh, shy, or overly conversational, or irrelevant in what they have to say, or maybe they're just not thinking very well, and they are not protecting their own privacy when they're sending voicemail. So some basic editing on your audio can make your podcast, and especially the voicemail part of your podcast, flow so much more smoothly and make the listening or make the listener that called in sound a whole lot better. So a few tips for you to do this, six tips that you could think of. Remove excessive verbal crutches, like, um, uh, you know, like, and such. But don't be obsessive over this. Don't try to remove every single um and uh and verbal crutch. It's fine to leave some in. But just remove the ones that really stand out and are easy to remove. Let me give you an example. Hi, this is Daniel, and um, I wanted to call your podcast and uh, let you know my thoughts about 
about about uh, the, um, about your last episode that you you notice why I did I repeated a couple things I said some ums and uhs well those are very easy to remove and if you remove them then I would sound a whole lot smarter because I wouldn't be using as many uhs and ums and all of that and your podcast would flow a lot better and your listeners would appreciate it because they're getting the content prevented very presented very smoothly to them instead of all of these little breaks and pauses and things. So remove these excessive verbal crutches and your listeners who send in the voicemail will probably appreciate it because if they listen to voicemail exactly as they sent it in, they might be surprised thinking, oh, wow, I said, you know, 15 times in a 20 second voicemail. I really need to work on that. But if you can remove five, 10 of those times, or maybe even all 15 of your time, those times, then your podcast listener will sound a lot better and they will appreciate that you have given them the respect of helping them sound better in your podcast. The other thing, remove a private, remove private information. Podcasters might call in and especially kids. Now this is a whole legal issue possibly that I'm going to ask our friend Gordon Firemark about, but maybe kids would call into your voicemail that could be a legal issue there. Uh, recent discovery that that could be an issue. But they might mention a name of a school or a town where they live or any kind of specific information like that. Something that you definitely need to remove. For my Clean Comedy Podcast over at cleancomedypodcast.com, this one girl called in and said that she goes to school in Indianapolis. Well, Indianapolis is a big enough city that she could go to school really anywhere in there. And she only gave her first name. So that's, and it's a common first name. So it, it's not really any kind of privacy uh, concern there. But sometimes people will call in voicemails and I get this a lot. And this is okay if you do this, if you call in a voicemail and you do this, but I will edit it out if I play it publicly. But people will sometimes call in and say, yeah, my question is such and such. If you'd like to answer, you could call me back at or email me at, and they give their private contact information. Remove this. And it's very important for you to remove this before you play the voicemail publicly. Like, especially if you're recording your voicemail or your podcast directly to your drive, remove this information. Along the same lines, cut the irrelevant flaff. Fluff. (laughs) Flaff. Yeah, cut that too. This would be stuff like some types of repetitions. Like maybe someone says the same word over and over and over and over before they move on to complete their sentence. Or maybe they're saying the same point, just reworded in a different way. Or maybe they give some kind of unnecessarily long lead-in to whatever they're about to tell you. Or there might just be some kind of unnecessary side note that they bring up that for the sake of time, you might want to remove. Maybe someone sends in a list of, here are five things that I really love about chocolate. And they say, number one, it's brown. Brown is my favorite color. Brown reminds me of puppies and, and dirt and trees and my house. Number two is chocolate is sweet and sugary. You know, other things are sweet. So you could remove some of that extra stuff. So you get this nice, concise voicemail where they say, number one, chocolate is brown. I love brown. Number two, chocolate is sweet. I love sweet things. Number three. So it, and again, be careful with this. 
think about how does it reflect on the listener and on your other listeners? What kind of experience will it be for them? But only do this kind of excessive editing if you're short on time or if the person really rattles on. The fourth thing that you could do or should do, trim silences. When people call, especially if it's a system they're not familiar with, like I get this a lot through SpeakPipe, the email starts off with a couple seconds of silence. And maybe it ends with some silence, too, as someone tries to figure out what button to press. Cut these out. It's really easy so that that way when you press play or when you're inserting this afterward into Audacity or whatever program you're using, you don't have this long amount of silence beforehand. You can just paste it in and not worry about having to do any more editing because it just pastes in. It flows real smoothly. You could just say, we have a voicemail here from Bob. Hi, this is Bob, and I wanted to call in to say a nice, real smooth thing. So trim those silences or anything in the middle of their voicemail where it's an awkward silence. Maybe they're thinking, maybe they have been distracted by something. Trim those too. But if it's only if it's an awkward silence, sometimes someone adds a silence for dramatic effect because they know you're going to respond or, or just that nice pause. Very, very important. Fifth point, do not change their intent. You can edit these messages so that, well, it's, let me rephrase that. It's possible to edit messages so that it sounds like someone is saying and meaning something else. Do not do this. Because if you do, this could be a form of slander and you would be responsible, liable for that in your podcast because you change the intent of the voicemail. So do not do that at all. If you feel like you have to edit it down for time and it sounds like it changes the intent, either give yourself more time or don't play the voicemail, but do not change their intent at all. And speaking of time, the sixth point here is shorten it if it's too long or if you've got some system that cut them off piece together these multiple messages. Uh, Google Voice, being very popular for podcasters, cuts off at three minutes. Now, I liked keeping the voicemails shorter than three minutes. That's Three minutes is a long time. But if someone really requires the extra time and you really want to include all of their message, or even just if you edit, they left two three-minute messages and you edit one down to a minute and the other down to a minute, still piece these together so it sounds like a single flowing message. What's terrible to hear on a podcast is someone gets to the end. And this last point that I really want to make that's the most important. And then you hear the podcast host say, oh, I'm sorry, the voicemail system cut you off. But he did call back in and I here's his voicemail coming back in. And so then the person comes in. I guess I was cut off by the voicemail. So what I was about to say is this really important thing is that, and then he continues with his voicemail. Edit those out because that's really not important for your listeners to know that he was cut off and it's an awkward moment. It's an embarrassing moment, an unprofessional moment, and it will sound so much better for them and for you and for your listeners, for everybody. Everybody wins if you just piece those together so that they flow 
very seamlessly. Unless now comedy in so many of these things, comedy is kind of a separate beast because you might decide that it's a fun joke to talk about uh, how this person was cut off from uh, the voicemail system or anything like that, or any of these awkward pauses or how you edit could be a great tool for comedy. So number one of these four tips, listen for valuable content. Number two, process sound process to sound better. Number three, edit for clarity, relevance, and brevity. And number four, export as uncompressed wave. Now, this is important, and that's why I included this here. Always save your original unedited voicemails because you want to be able to have that thing that you can go back to in case you want to go back and reuse it or use the whole thing or have a record of everything that they said. But if you export your files, whether you are using them to play live into your recording or if you are uh, just popping those exported files into your project and adding the voicemail into your podcast and your sound editor, then it's really important for these files to be the highest quality. Because if you export as an MP3 and you import that into another project, then re-export it as an MP3. Remember the same problem about running a filter twice on your voicemail? The same thing will happen if you compress your audio twice. So if you make an MP3 of an MP3, you're going to lose audio quality and in fact waste file space as well. And it won't sound as good. So if you export your audio, your voicemail, export it as an uncompressed wave. That's the highest quality possible because it's nothing compressed about it. There, Sure, there are other systems, but keep in mind that they may not be as compatible as easy to use. Now, speaking of these different formats, if you receive an audio voicemail from some service that makes an odd format, like maybe M4A or something like that, and you're trying to import into Audacity, well, never fear, because it is really easy to open these formats in Audacity. You just have to install a little plugin for Audacity. It's called the FFmpeg plugin for Audacity. And you can get that over at the website for Audacity. That's audacity.sourceforge.net. Or you can also go to uh, where I talked about how to do this in the audacitypodcast.com slash 28. And I tell you how to import that plugin so that it will import all of these different formats for you. That way you can just drag whatever audio file you receive, WMA, uh, M4A, or these different formats into Audacity, and it will work. Other programs may or may not have a problem importing these different formats, or they might have different plugins that you need to use. So those are the four steps to make every podcast voicemail feedback better. Number one, listen for valuable content. Number two, process to sound better. Number three, edit for clarity, relevance, and brevity. Number four, export as uncompressed wave. Now, some important tips for you to consider when handling the listener feedback. First, make it easy for listeners to send feedback on your website. I've talked about this several times before, and it's, it's terrible when you have your feedback information buried on your site or it's hard to get to, hard to use, 
anything like that. In episode 26 over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 26, I talked about 10 ways to give back to your listeners. And one of these was make it easy for people to contact you. You can check that out over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 26. And here's some of the ways that I mentioned that. But when you get these recordings from people or voicemails, make sure that before they record their message, make sure that they know their feedback is recorded and may be rebroadcasted. That's extremely important from a legal perspective to make that obvious to them. So have a specific feedback number and then you can say this is the feedback line. This might be recorded or this is being recorded. It might be rebroadcast, whatever. Third thing, always be respectful to your listeners unless they know to expect otherwise. A great example of this is homestarrunner.com. One of the characters on there is Strongbad. He's a very sarcastic, uh, kind of mean older brother character. And he receives these emails, or used to do this. The site hasn't been updated in a long time. But he would receive these emails, and he would respond to these emails. And it's a little tune animation. And he would just rip the person to part who would send the emails. Well, that was expected, that spelling errors would be highlighted, the person's name would be made fun of, their question would be made fun of. That was made obvious. But if you have a podcast where that is not obvious... Make sure that you are respectful to your listeners. Don't fight with them. Make sure, even if you disagree, do so respectfully, and they will appreciate you for that. Keep in mind, this is another point, that someone took their valuable time to think of something to say and spend the time sending it to you. Be grateful for that. Even if it's something that isn't very important to you, still be grateful. And in fact, last little tip here, Consider sending a personalized email or voicemail back to them for every feedback you receive. This is something I'm going to try and start doing is when I receive feedback to thank someone for it and to send something back, even if it's just an acknowledgement or saying, hey, I'm going to answer this in a podcast in a couple weeks, uh, listen to it then or anything like that. Let them know that you're listening and give them that respect because they spent the time to send you the feedback why don't you spend the minute or so that it takes to send some kind of short follow-up to them? Unless it takes more time, then let them know you're going to send a more detailed follow-up. So those are my tips. Four steps to make every podcast voicemail feedback sound better. And I apply these whenever I receive any voicemail because I want my listeners who call in to sound their best And I want you, my listeners, to also get the best experience from when I play voicemails in the podcast. So I hope this stuff has been helpful for you. And I'd love to hear your tips of what you do or uh, experiences you've had. Please go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 85. And you can get the links to everything that I mentioned here, as well as comment over there and let me know what you do about this. My podcasting poll for this week, yes, I'm going to get back into posting new podcasting polls. My podcasting poll is what or yeah, what methods of feedback do you get from people? So I'll have some different options on there, email, tweets, 
uh, just check out the options and vote on them. It'll be multiple choice because I want to see what kind of feedback, podcast feedback, not just conversation, but podcast feedback. What kind of podcast feedback do you get from people and incorporate into your show? So check that out over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 85. I've got a couple really cool things coming up for the Audacity Podcast, some great news that I'll be sharing with you, and some interesting speculations in the next episode, as well as a couple future episodes about why podcasters should be blogging. That seems like a flip. And some other great things coming up. There's so much more coming. And so I hope that you stick around and will send me your feedback. I'd love to know what you think of this content or questions that you have that I can incorporate into a future episode or things that I can help you with to make your podcast even better. You can email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call in to 903-231-2221 or go to theaudacitypodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and record a message right from your computer. Be sure to check out the show when I live stream my recording every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, that's GMT minus four, over at noodle.mx. And I'd love to have you there. And there are several people live watching Kevin, Charlie, and several anonymouses for Georgian, Alan, Nick, and many others. So please check it out every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, GMT minus four over at noodle.mx. Again, show notes for this episode will be over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 85. I'd love for you to be following me on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue, especially that dialogue. Get some conversation going with your listeners by incorporating their feedback into your podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com. The Audacity to Podcast is also a member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like Once Upon a Time, Clean Comedy, and more over at noodle.mx. That's the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx.